You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about violent femmes violent femmes in the room i have rob oh yeah ben third verse same as the first it's <laughs> Solange. the love is gone away <laughs> and on the line i have kyle i was gonna say oh yeah <laughs> violent femmes is a debut album by the violent femmes mostly recorded uh july 1982 the album was released by slash records um april 1983 the producer was mark van heck and the genre is folk punk, post-punk, alternative rock. And I'm going to read from the book, Seth Jacobson. Violent Femmes' debut album refined the term slow burner, taking almost eight years to sell the million copies to attain platinum status without troubling the chroniclers of the Billboard's top 200. Not that label slash can be too peeved as they sign the cult Milwaukee three-piece for a pricely pricey sum of zero dollars welcome to the weird and wonderful world of the femmes as you would imagine of a band discovered while busking the essence of the band's sound was raw and antsy traits frequently lost in the transition from the stage to the studio amazingly the femmes retained this freshness probably due to their lack of sophistication the trio comprised of acoustic bass Victor Lorenzo's legendary drum kit and a guitar. The band's principal image as guardians of geek cool emanates from Gordon Gano's angst-ridden lyrics and delivery. So heartfelt it touches on self-parody. Few outsiders have touched on feelings of persecution, otherness as Gano has, and none of them with the humor he brings. He passionately bemoans his lack of action on Added Up and manages to switch from the spat-out self-examination to hilarious realization in one short, bitter twist. Weird kids, both as performers and audience, are rock mainstays. Few have articulated their worldview with such brilliance as Violent Femmes. All right, what do we think of Violent Femmes? Self-titled. This is one of my favorite bands of all times, and this is one of my favorite albums of all times. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so excited to be here talking this album with you guys today. You cannot fuck with this band. You cannot fuck <laughs> with this band. <laughs> Violent Femmes were my first concert. Really? Yeah. That's, that's a good first concert. At the Fort Wayne Memorial Coliseum. Oh, uh, we'll get into the album. Of course. So it was so memorable as a, for, uh, uh, as a first concert. Because I saw them, it was, in, it was after the Gross Point Blank soundtrack. <gasps> oh, you know, wow. So okay. they had a resurgence in the 90s. Sure. You know, I heard Blister in the Sun for the first time in 97, I think, you know, and I went to go 
to Fort Wayne to see the Violent Femmes, you know, they'd already been, they're already elder statesmen of alternative at that point. But the crowd's rowdy and they're throwing water bottles around. The Violent Femmes have already played probably a half an hour, 35 minutes. And there's plastic water bottles flying around and Gordon Gano, he stops the show and he's like, he's like, look, we don't need this. We've already been paid. And if you guys are going to be like that, well, then maybe just the show's done. And then a water bottle just comes from the back, just goes right past his head. He goes, okay. And then all three of them reach behind their backs. It's so strange. And they pull out like these plastic toy saxophones. <laughs> and they just start blowing them into the microphone for what felt like an eternity. <laughs> Until they, and then they just walked off the stage. And that was my first concert. And it was awesome. And so I'm reading up on the Violent Femmes this week, and there's a section on their Wikipedia page called The Horns of Dilemma. <laughs> and apparently that's just, it's a thing that they do. And like they'll, and it, I don't think it's always instigated by by them being pissed off at the crowd, but like there's there's certain like parts of, of certain songs where there's just like a noise jam. Yeah. And they'll invite like their stage crew and friends and whoever, to, they provide horns. They come up and just let everyone just play whatever they want on a horn for a while. And they call it the Horns of Dilemma. And it's, it's been part of like their live culture for a long time. And I had had such weird feelings ever since seeing them because I'm like, man, were they so mad at us? But also, were they planning on that? Because they had horns. <laughs> but now that I read as part of their thing, I'm like, oh, it's so cool to have experienced that. <laughs> yeah, me and Kyle uh, went to what, X-Fest 94, 95, Kyle? Yeah, yeah we did. put on by 96.3 the X? Uh, 103.3 the X. 103.3. Yeah. Okay. So oh, it, I think, I it think was it, Edge Fest where I saw that. Okay. Oh. It, it's similar, but we saw Sponge uh, yep. leave the stage because of a trash fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just the, entire, the entirety of the air was filled with garbage, and Sponge just fucking like... Yeah, they walked <laughs> and the organizers came out and they were like, if, if you don't stop throwing trash, Weezer's not going to play. And everybody stopped. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, that was when Weezer was good. Oh, I, yeah. yeah, I know. Okay. Don't, sure. don't worry, we'll, we'll never talk about them in this book. The, this book does not recognize the, uh, the genius of. Uh, seriously? Yeah, we're seriously. not getting that 94 album. We are not getting the 94 and we're not getting What are we even fucking doing here? Uh, talking about the Violent Femmes. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, good enough. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> real question Is this cowpunk? Yes. I actually wrote it's, something it's, about meat puppets about this band. It's not like cowpunk. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's folk punk. Folk punk, so it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. I think they're cousins. You know, yeah. I think they're first cousins. I think folk ca- cow punk definitely has more of a country, yes, rural vibe. Yes, where these are city boys, but they're busking. Is this alternative music? Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. This is okay. the alternative yeah, to pop. Is this the birth of alternative music? Maybe not the birth. We've already had television. I was gonna say like modern. But weren't they post punk? Is... Where does post punk meet alternative? Uh, I, I mean, I would. If you want to go back, go back. I would say Velvet Underground is like alternative yeah. music. Mm. It's okay. the alternative to the popular music of the day. Totally fair. Yeah. Okay. What about Love with Arthur Lee, though? I've heard it's, that also kind of They were cited. influenced by Velvet Underground. Mm-hmm. I think. I uh, think that's how one to one. I have such strong feelings towards the Violent Femmes. I didn't get this album until I was about 19, but as a very early teenager i got added up uh their, their greatest hits uh like 84 to 87 mm-hmm. 
and that was never more than five discs away from the player. Uh, right. I always listened to Added Up. And then when I got their self-titled, Silly Me, like two-thirds of Added Up is just this album. Yeah, I was like, isn't you that know? the same album? And the other the other third's the second record, right? Right, right. Yeah, Hollowed Ground. There's good songs in Hollowed Ground. And what fucking blows my mind about it, uh, I'm just going to call him Gordon Gecko because I, Gordon, I, I don't care. Gordon Gano? Yeah, uh, Gordon Gano. He, uh, he wrote more or less both those records in high school. He yep. is, wow. at this time, wrote, we're, li- we're listening to his 19-year-old voice. He wrote these songs when he was 18, and he's recording them at 19. Fucking they bananas. Were, they were busking on the corner, and they were overheard by James Honeyman Scott, the guitar player of the Pretenders, yeah. who were playing the club that night, and Chrissy Hine let the Femmes play a short acoustic set because the Femmes only do acoustic sets, in between, like the direct support and uh, and the headliner that night, they got to play a few songs. That's so fucking. Cool. And that's how they got discovered. I didn't realize this is an acoustic band. Yeah, yeah. Everything about that's them's acoustic. So cool! Yeah. Wow. There, there's some electric on this. Well, maybe for the album, but yeah. like their instrumentation is acoustic guitar, acoustic bass, and drum and washtub. Yeah, the like, drum. They're, they're really? Set, they're set up so they can play on a street corner. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's what has lent them to become so like popular because you can pick up guitar like it's very easy to to pick up uh what they're doing the right? very first riff that i knew on any stringed instrument was blistering the, the sun of course yeah, yeah I, I went to when i was like in seventh grade i didn't own a stringed instrument but i knew how to play blister in the sun on one because you just need to move one finger right and i was at like some like youth group retreat and some cool older kid had his bass guitar and i was like Hey, can I, can I play your bass guitar for a minute? And he was like, okay. And, and I, I, he took it and he's like, you better not play Blister in the Sun. <laughs> I was like, shit, that's the only thing I know. <laughs> so then I played Blister in the Sun and then he took it away from me. <laughs> it's the right move to do. Yeah. I literally wrote about Blister in the Sun. How can you not like it? And I underlined, ain't that America? <laughs> I mean, think about it. Blister in the Sun to me, like an all-American song. I forgot to look yeah. up how many other songs previously were about masturbation. Um, Shebop. Oh, Shebop, yeah. Shebop comes later. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. She's So Unusual is a little bit later on in 83. Um, Little little Red Corvette. Gordon Gano has no problem just expressing, like, writing those lyrics. Oh, teen angst, man. Teen angst. I think that's what makes it so amazing. Like, punching above the way a teenager right. should normally be writing these things down. These are classic songs written by a, a fucking teen. Oh yeah, yeah. Gone yeah. Daddy Gone. What a, that's a jam, you know, and I didn't realize Gnarls Barkley had covered that. I didn't know it was a cover because, you know, that's yeah. a that's a bop. But then I heard the original, I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, but that's, I mean, that's good songwriting for a 19 year old as and a, younger. As a mallet percussionist, <laughs> um, that was like one of the first things that I knew. Oh yeah. Oh wow. It, that's uh, Brian Ritchie, the bass player on Xylophone. There, <laughs> he, he he's he's like a self-taught musician. Uh, he could just like figure stuff out by ear. And I was reading an interview with him once. Someone sent him. They had transcribed his bass solo and "Please Do Not Go." And it's like, look, I wrote it out for you. Is this right? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Why? Do you, why? <laughs> Beautiful girl, 
where she is now I can only guess Cause it's gone, daddy gone Love is gone, it's gone band was so transformative to me when I was the age of them. Like, mm-hmm. I got this record when I was 19, and the I liked punk rock at the time, and I liked loud music, and I was full of angst. And the amount of just, like, not only, like, angst, but just, like, capital R rock and roll that, that these three kids could accomplish on acoustic instruments on a street corner just blew my mind. I'm like, like the, what, what, like I, I forget what some of the, like the big punk bands were at the at the time. But I'm I'm listening to Violent Femmes who don't even necessarily call themselves punk. I'm like, well, shit, this is more punk than fucking like Avenged Sevenfold or, or, or Green Day was, or, or, or like you know like Sum Forty One or, yeah, or whatever yeah. it was like or early two thousand shit. Rancid. Yep. But punk is a mentality, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and these these dudes. With the, the energy that they bring to their acoustic instruments, the energy and the passion and the efficiency, I think is very punk. Oh, this is jamming Econo. Jamming Econo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think what's really cool is if you think about, like, it's so hard to think about, uh, to me, the Violent Fence contemporaneously until you actually, like, associate them contemporaneously. Because, like you said, they had a big resurgence in the 90s, and it always, like, because I always thought of them as like a 90s band and then it just like blew my mind and I was like this is from 83 because I know I know I know I know but it's just so interesting how at that time there was just some really cool things going on in lo-fi sort of circles like I wrote down you said the cow punk and I wrote down like meat puppets you know like Mm -hmm. this is about the time like meat puppets switched from like being super punk rock to being like cow punk and having a really interesting sort of new sound or uh like modern lovers predates this by a few years but like even that's kind of like an interesting sort of parallel to this as well it's just like rock music was about to go through a nexus of change that um you know sees the end of like the 70s sort of arena rock and goes into like a new facet of punkiness if you will i'm glad you mentioned that too because i would say this record is probably one of the biggest uh, mi- misattributed era records. 100%. I yeah. always thought this was, yeah. was 90s. Every single person yeah. who, like I've I've ever talked to <clears throat> always thinks about the Violent Femmes in context of like the resurgence, like the yeah. 90s. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense. Uh, like in my write-up, they never cracked the top 200, but they continuously sold record after record. How rare is that to go platinum without ever having a single on the top 200? I, is there can't be that many bands. I that didn't have look it up. That. Yeah. not that many. Mm-mm. I mean, it went gold uh, four years it's after its release. So it's something about it where it was just like word of mouth. It's it's one of the first I think word of mouth bands that college radio. College oh, radio, yeah. yeah, that was becoming a big thing. I had read mm-hmm. about that. Also, people did latch on to the Modern Lovers comparison. Um, almost ad nauseum, and Gordon Gaynor was not Fucking happy with it. I didn't. Sorry, so, Gordon. I, I came to that comparison on on my own. Sure. When when I was first discovering both those bands, in fact, I loved both those bands so much that me and Trey we had plans to start a, a band that just covered 
this album and the first Modern Lovers album, and we were just going to call ourselves the Modern Femmes because that was a <laughs> better so name than the Violent Lovers. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. But I, 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 I didn't realize how ubiquitous that connect that everyone was kind of coming to that same connection. Yeah. It's almost like like Jonathan Richmond and Gordon Gano are two sides of the same coin, almost like a Jekyll and Hyde type of thing. They're both lonely, very... They're both lonely teens. They're both lonely <laughs> teens. They're both kind of outsiders, and, 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 and they're geeky. And then Jonathan Richmond's like the kid with like, that's got the good head on his shoulders. Well, it's okay. I'm just going to stay home and eat health food. And Gordon Gano's like, if I don't get fucked, I might buy a gun. Yeah. It's just like, but but it's like just two sides of the same situation. Both that that first Modern Lovers album and this first Violent Femmes album, they just reside in like the same place in my my teen angst heart. Uh, Gordon Gano's like rebuttal to the Jonathan Richmond comparison was like, man, I was just trying to sound like fucking Steve Wynn. And, yeah, of, I of read Dream that. Syndicate. Yeah. And then I fucking listened to Dream Syndicate. Number one. Sounds nothing like Steve Wynn. Number two, Dream Syndicate fucking rules. <laughs> Holy shit. That fucking band is amazing. I don't know if, like, I would I would recommend it to everyone. It's like fucking psych with synth. There's, mm. I think so they've good. got one or two songs on those Nuggets compilations, but that's all I've heard. Yeah, like, they, they started in 82. Oh, yeah, and I have like, heard them then, yeah. yeah. There, there's a separate Dream Syndicate that morphed it like it was like experimental like synthesizer music from the 60s steve wins the dream syndicate starting in 82 okay okay um and it's 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 fucking brilliant i still think you guys are gaslighting me with cow punk i don't think that's a real thing (laughs) it is a real thing you ever listen to meat puppets dude just look yeah i listen to the meat puppets unfortunately there's no way to google it yeah I was going to say, just go on Wikipedia, type in cowpunk, and there will be ten bands that pop yeah, up. Yeah, you can trace, you can trace a lot of cowpunk bands. Uh, you can trace a lot of cowpunk back to Social Distortion, Mike Ness. I would Wait, actually... B- Billy Bragg. Social D yeah. is a cowpunk band? Billy Bragg is, too. What about but, Mojo Nixon, though? I would, yeah. I would categorize him as cowpunk, If you ain't too. got Mojo Nixon, you yeah. start getting you some fixing. <laughs> and Jello Biafra actually teamed up with Mojo to make, like, a... They mm. made a cowpunk duet album thing. Yeah. Have you noticed it's that? It's like a Bernstein Bernstein Bears thing, <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> yeah, Nelson Mandela's still alive. Didn't you know that? <laughs> so Gordon Gano wrote Good Feeling when he was 15 fucking years old? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Man, how cool is that song? How pretty is that song? This I album's was- amazing. I haven't listened to it since high school. I listened to it a lot as a teenager. I don't think I've listened to it once since I turned like 20. And I remembered all the songs, you know, I remembered everything about it, but it was like, it was like a Stephen King's it, you know, it's like remembering Pennywise after 20 years. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do have to think, you know, when Gordon wrote these songs and then all of a sudden it's like, he's, I guess he wasn't real popular at the time. It took eight years. It took, yeah, it took a little, but he had a gold record within four. Chrissy yeah. Hine invited him on stage to play. He was doing okay. Yeah, man. I just can't I imagine booed, though. being an 18-year-old and just being like, <laughs> oh, that's rough. Oh, I got, mm-hmm. you know, this is it. I made it. Like, just yeah. the first thing I produced and 
got in the studio and do you remember when, when the violent femmes were on sabrina the teenage witch i do yeah were you yeah. over here when we watched it yes yes isn't uh gordon gano is also uh one of those rock stars i don't know why i use the word stars but rock artists. i don't know if i'd call gordon gano a rock star. yeah i don't know why i said that rock artists who is uh one of the many who's in the adventures of pete and pete he plays one of their yep. teachers mm-hmm. yeah like how um iggy pop is like <laughs> i think their friend's dad or something oh yeah 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 Love it, love it. What a flex of a show. And that was before the resurgence. Yeah, that show was great. You ever um, notice that on, on this album, like as lo-fi as it is and as dark as it gets, every song either has a golden hook or like some sort of device that grabs your attention, some sort of like musical device. Every single song on this album has got something... To like remember that song by. Yeah, I, I think that's the. I wouldn't say inexperience, but I think that's the freshness of being so excited to play music. Like you're. I mean, he intentionally did it. Yeah. To to make it memorable. You know what I mean? Like when you write songs when you're younger, you don't have the sort of like subtle nuances. You have the like. I need to slap people in the face to make sure they remember this song or when I play this song or something like that. Just like, I mean, blistering in the sun, the first thing, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's so, it's so like right there and obvious yeah. that, that it, um, or like add it up. Like I feel like the, it the, can't be. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It has to, it has to be memorable. Yeah. Well, kiss off has the countdown. Absolutely. Uh, it, 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 I know I only speak for myself because I think very highly of this band on this album, but there are no deep cut album tracks on this album for me. Nope. For me, like, yeah. it, it, there's no songs that fall into the background. There's no filler. Every single song on this album is a standout song for me. I've got a star next to every single one. To the Kill for me, maybe. Um, but I think Good Feeling might be my favorite song on the record. I love Good Feeling. They almost. They like, almost oh, made yeah. an artistic decision that uh, that might have caused us not to like it as much. Really? So you know that that nice, pretty violin interlude after the second verse? Yeah. Uh, originally, Gordon Gano did a spoken word poem over that. And then, <laughs> oh, no. And then oh. they just decided to, to scrap that and just let the violin play with no vocals. <laughs> <laughs> did, the, did the producer, like, pretend to, like, lose that take or something? <laughs> maybe. Oh, <I'm> maybe. <laughs> Um, you were kind of mentioning the the low-fi quality of the album, and it's interesting because you can tell the difference. They record in, in different locations. Gone Daddy Gone is like hi-fi. Like, it's it's a stereo. It's like his vocals. Everything is like mixed perfectly, and then you listen to like some of the other songs, and it's like not even... <laughs> yeah. You can obviously tell they're in different places and in what is recorded in a studio and what is just a some dude's house yeah that makes me curious about like the background of the production of the album like if they got like a little bit of money to do something like gone daddy gone and then they were like all right we'll do some of these other ones in like jeff's basement yeah that's exactly what happened they had to borrow ten thousand dollars from they signed for zero dollars (laughs) princely Uh, but they got $10,000 from, uh, one of their fathers. I can't remember which, which one it wasn't Gano, but, uh, one of their parents just basically loaned them $10,000 so that they could record the album in a real studio. Very evil dead. Yeah. 
<laughs> this album is so quotable. The like lines from this album are just like I feel like permanently in the lexicon of people our age. One hundred percent. I would love to love you, lover. City's restless, it's ready to pounce. Go in your bedroom, ounce for ounce, and more. My, 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 my mother. I would love to love you, lover. City's restless, it's ready to pounce. Go in your bedroom, ounce for ounce. I've given you a decision to make, things to lose, things to take. Just as about ready to cut it. The confusion of like when the album came out, like I still associate this record with that weird Pink Floyd like t-shirt with the like two half face eyeballs looking at each other yeah yeah Yeah. like it it was like right around the same time like that uh like yeah this band blew up for the like the resurgence happened right around division bell or maybe kyle you were just wearing the division bell Bell was 94 maybe you were just wearing a division bell t-shirt and you're listening to the (laughs) i was i don't remember i was wearing a division bell shirt you son of a bitch Um, what I thought was interesting was uh, Gordon Gano was uh, in an interview. He's talking about how many fans he met like over the years. And we talked about how they had kind of like a slow burn fame. Uh, a lot of fans like had never seen what the album artwork looked like just because they were used to mixtapes and getting passed around that way. There, that's how, that's like punk. When I think about like a punk ethos yeah. passing around a tape to your friends. Speaking of the Tapes. album art, I, I read. So the, the girl on the cover of the album is our age. Yeah, you know, and apparently they saw that girl walking with like a parent in L.A. when they were trying to get a photo shoot and they offered like a hundred dollars for their time to take a few pictures. And that house, she's peering in the in the the windows in Laurel Canyon. And they uh, it was either the photographer or members of the band were like, yeah, go look in that window. There's animals in there. Uh, Go look for the animals. So that picture is the little girl like peeking in the window of this abandoned house, hoping to find animals. And I read an interview with with that woman who is now almost forty. She's like, "Yeah, I remember that day. There were no fucking animals." <laughs> <laughs> and I remember them telling me to look for animals, and they're not being animals, and being upset. And at that point, it was done. Oh, also, <laughs> if you are a parent walking with a child and three stinky <laughs> punks come up to you and say, Hey, let me take pictures of your child for $100. For $100. Fucking run away and call the police. My mom would have done it. My mom would have done it. <laughs> she they, was there to it's, supervise. It's Laurel yeah, she Canyon. was there. It's, it's Laurel it's, Canyon. It's breezy. They're punks. It's they probably, I mean, you know, I, my mom would have done it, man. I mean, they would have just played her a song on the street. With <laughs> one of them tapes they got yeah. passing yeah. around. <laughs> Do you guys remember when Ethan Hawke sang Added Up to Winona Ryder in mm. Reality Bites? Yeah. I still haven't seen that movie. Oh, you're not missing much. I'm sorry. Hot take. What was this band called? Yeah. Hey, That's My Bike? Yeah, I think so. That's a really good thing. <laughs> Even Janine Garofalo is not good in that movie. Uh, I don't like it. That must right. is a hot take. I, I don't think it's a hot take. I think no. it just is a movie that no, kind of sucked and hasn't aged well at all. Ugh, it's bullshit. <laughs> it's such bullshit. It was a thing of the time. It, it really a, is. Yeah. yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I think by the time yeah it had had its theater run, it was already out of 
<laughs> the public like <laughs> consciousness. I do remember that, and obviously, gross point bl- blank. I think. Oh yeah. I think yeah, there were yeah, a couple yeah. things mm-hmm. that really solidified the resurgence of the violent, violent femmes. Yeah. That like, uh, I, I will jump ship on the violent femmes. Just say the gross point blank soundtrack introduced me to. A lot of oh, yeah. 80s bands yeah. that I had no fun. And they would have started playing it on the radio because I was trying to think of how I would have heard them. You I know? heard it on the radio yeah, before no, the those. Bliss from the Sun was a radio hit yeah. again in the 90s. Yeah, yeah. because my parent, my mom listened to like the radio like that. and Because they, they don't have music videos, so I wouldn't have seen a music video of theirs. But I would have heard it on like uh, <laughs> Live 105 in San Francisco. That's how I would have heard it. Yeah. I was misled too when I heard that on the radio because I never heard Kiss Off. I never heard like all these other songs that could have easily been on the radio. I guess, you know, some of them have lyrical content that wouldn't fly. But I mean, man, Gone Daddy Gone on yeah, the radio? Yeah, that would have been an awesome radio hit. Yeah. Just, just nothing well, was. And then it, was the cover cool. like blew up by Gnarls Barkley. Like that was a big hit and that was kind of everywhere when it came out, yeah. you know? I don't remember that. Somehow did, I, I've blocked did. it from it my was, brain. It was yeah. a follow up to Crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. good. And then yeah. uh, Violent Femmes uh, covered Crazy. Oh, yes. that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm going to check that out. Did a little wonderful. Hey, speaking of Violent Femmes in recent times. They continue to put out albums, and they may have never had an album as solid as this one, but their albums continue to have good songs. Really? I, I hmm. thought that they went adult contemporary. They, what? I, I haven't what? heard every single album that they've released, but every Violent Femmes album that I've listened to has at least had a few songs that would absolutely make it on the mixes for okay. me. Okay, yeah. cool. Ben, have you heard their cover of uh, Children of the Revolution? I don't like it. <laughs> it's very, It's deeply silly. Yeah, that was uh, that was on the blind leading the naked, which was their, I think that's their third album. It's, so it comes after Hollowed Ground. Hollowed yeah. Ground. Hollowed Ground. They go from folk punk. They go more country. More. They they go a little bit more. You know, like uh, like roots. Not great. Roots. Uh, like uh, like uh, I'm I'm thinking of Gun Club imagery. You know, yeah. as they've got a country death song and stuff. And then blind leading the naked. I forget who produced that one, but it's a producer whose name we know. Uh, I just can't grasp it at the top of my head. And that was kind of them going more radio-oriented, and I just don't like that one as much. Yeah. But, like, they had, like, Freak Magnet came out in, like, 2012. I like, like, half of that album. Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, uh, do you remember the uh, name of the live record? Like, it, it has the, uh, the the opening of it is just a dude on stage, like, screaming about, like... Oh, is that they leave all their... They bring all their equipment up? Yeah. That's, that's, that's the... That's, that's Added how, Up, bro. That's how Added Up opens. Okay. I Yeah, that's the first track off of Added Up. Um, I left that CD in my sister's boombox, like, my freshman year of high school, and my parents heard that track, and I got I got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. It, yeah, Added Up's the greatest hits, but it starts with that live recording. Yeah, and then two weeks later, my parents like, oh, could you dub that CD for us? <laughs> wow. It's like, come on, mom and dad. It's good. Take it's- out the trash. No way. <laughs> out of your room. Come on, get real. After that, were you like, give me the keys, dad? <laughs> I got this girl. I wanna meow. <laughs> so. They, they had two. They had a few singles come out in between this album and Hollowed Ground that are on uh, reissues of this album. Like uh, you guys know the song "Ugly," the, like you know the <laughs> the chorus, like "Ugly, you're so ugly, you're so ugly." But then the refrain, "Why would I lie to you? Why would I lie? Why would I lie to you?" <laughs> I love it a lot. <laughs> 
That's yeah. Elm rules. Yeah, the, uh, I'm 100% like happy this is in the book. I wish Add It Up was in the book. There are better takes of these but it's the greatest Songs. hits. You're not going to get a greatest hits in this book. Oh, I think we've already had a couple of greatest hits in this book. No, yeah, it was uh, really. it was rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, on that same note, Violent Femmes' self-titled album is kind of a greatest hits. It's kind of true. Fair enough. It's the originator too. I mean, yeah, uh, it's this, like the Cars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is a Desert Island up for me. Uh, Desert Island album. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, good. Yeah. This uh, this album. It's so close to my root musical sensibilities mm-hmm. and so close to my heart because I discovered it at the same age right. that these kids are. Like, I was going through breakups. I was leaving my home, yeah. uh, like, moving out in the world. And I just, like, the Violent Femmes were, like, my fucking friends. Uh, I love this record and I hold it very near and dear. Yeah. Deserves to be in. This is another great one. Yep. Horns okay. of Dilemma. Okay. Uh, wait, I, I want to read one more quote, if that's okay. Uh, Van Halen portrays teenagers the way they wish they were. Violent Femmes portrays them the way they actually are. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, nice. yeah I like that. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're all positive on Violent Femmes. Next time we'll be talking about Malcolm McLaren, Duck Rock. All right, thanks, y'all. Buffalo girls go round the outside. Round the, the outside. Round the outside to Buffalo girls. On this lovely girl Cause to me she mean all the world But then she like another guy I fall down dead, she never see the tears I cry